Welcome to My Creative Corner 3, a podcast about quilting, crafting, creativity, and life in a northern town. You'll find show notes at mycreativecorner3.wordpress.com. You can leave a comment. You can sign up for my patron site. You can purchase a virtual cup of coffee or even sign up for the newsletter. Come back weekly and we'll chat. My name is Vicki and welcome to the podcast. Hello everybody, it's May. I know, I haven't podcast an episode since the end of April, but here we are. It's May 13th. It is the coldest morning in May, I think, in years. It's 18 degrees. I'm going to complain about the weather a little bit. Um, it snowed most days last week in the morning, inch or two, and then it was gone by noon. And it's been dreadfully windy, uh, wind out of the north. So it's very cold. And so the last week, my daily walking a mile habit has slacked off quite a bit. I decided to go for a walk anyway. Yesterday, it was 42. It was a, a slight breeze. It was still freezing cold. I wish I had mittens on. I had a jacket on, thank goodness. And I got my mile in. Felt much better. My knees are sore today, but I'm going to keep working on the daily exercises. And I'm really liking this Active 5 um, isometric portable gym. It's basically a computer and a little, um, looks like a mouse, and it beams uh, exercises to your phone. And you see pictures of how to hold a pose, and it times it for you. And, you know, I feel like I'm working out. It's five minutes at a time because that's about all your body can stand. Um, if you're really in shape, you could do more than that. But I'm not really in shape and that's my whole goal of getting it. So I thought it was a pretty good um, investment of like $110. Well, the exercising is slacked off. You know, the diet has slacked off a little bit with Mother's Day. Um, we had treats you know, it was a Mother's Day in isolation. The kids are all four or five hours away. Um, my mom is about three hours away. You know, lots of phone calls and video chats, which was good. It's not the same, but it was good. And then we went for a nature ride. We didn't see much in animals because it was so cold. Um, a couple deer, porcupine, but the sun started to come out and it was actually some really, really pretty pretty pictures. So what have I been up to over the last two weeks since I've made a podcast? Well, I made three Dear Jane blocks and you're like, only three? Don't you want to do more than that? Like a block a day? Um, it's very hard work and sometimes you got to take a break. I've been working on the Dear Jane blocks and I'll have to say I've learned about set in Y or partial seams. I've learned a little bit about applique and tiny strips and foundation paper piecing because those are the three uh, techniques. You know, Jane must have been quite a seamstress to be able to do all of these partial seams and some of the tricky, I'm going to say, they're tricky uh, methods of assembling these blocks. I've been watching tutorials and 
going online and getting advice. I actually have um, a couple of friends who have made Dear Janes and they gave me some tips. But I'm going to say is that this is not a race because you cannot have a race with Dear Jane. Each block really can consume you for several hours. And that was the whole point of doing it. Um, I need to slow down and really hyper focus on something at, during this um, time of isolation and quarantine. And our house is under, you know, the self-isolation. Michigan is still having stay-at-home orders. So getting out and gathering is not recommended and wearing masks and working from home and a few businesses um, each week, they're um, having what are considered low risk um, businesses open, but people are still getting sick and people are um, still working on being safe. And so I think the Dear Jane is a great anecdote for all of that. And I'll have to tell you, um, just being in the house for all, I don't know, what is it, six, seven weeks straight now with just a couple of nature rides in desolate places where there aren't people. I've been to the store once or twice. I've really gotten used to it. And being in the car the first time after being in the house for a week or so, you're like, whoa, why are you going so fast? Uh, why, why does everything feel so overwhelming and busy? It's really easy to get used to being home too much. I can see how um, my grandmas got the way they did it when they were elderly and they didn't go anywhere. Everything was too fast and uh, they were overstimulated very easy. So I've been home, been working from home quite a bit. I've done um, just a couple of masks for my job. I've done a couple of masks for family and friends, but that slowed down just because I can't do much more of it without it becoming really um, difficult on my mental health. But I think we've got enough. So I'm kind of holding out till we really start going back to work and which will probably be in another month or six weeks as we transition and make sure that everybody has a mask, which I think most people do. So I have come to the end of binding the stack of quilts that I had. I sew them on the front and hand stitch the back, which is a good thing because the weather's still cold. I have one table runner that I just took off the frame and that was the improv triangle table runner. And I picked a really wild chartreuse styled backing and it's kind of like a marble effect and it looked really good. I had enough where it was hanging off and I thought, wow, that goes with the golds, oranges and yellows really well. I made this particular quilt um, as a quilt along in February. So quite honestly, the coronavirus had started then. So this is kind of my... Um, international so long during the coronavirus. So I just took it off the frame and I did dwirling on it, which is a echoing repeat that looks like landscape topography. It's really interesting when you look at the quilt because it's a bunch of triangles kind of scattered throughout in isolation. And um, the outer edges kind of give it a real mystical look because it looks like water but it's this lime green um yeah I just think this is really an interesting um 
coincidence that this is kind of my coronavirus quilt that represents the time of isolation in addition to the Dear Jane. So I have a real modern contemporary improv quilt that I worked that kind of represents the time, the isolation, the unknown, as well as the opposite end of brain power to survive all of the mind-numbing sameness of being home all the time. So I just want to say I'm really fortunate to still be very healthy. I'm working on my self-care, working on doing all the things to be extremely healthy, but we also have to figure out what we're going to do differently this summer. And my husband and I have been talking about that because all of the things we normally do have been canceled. No Highland Games, no gathering, no festivals, no concerts. I mean, not that we would go to too many of those, but we've talked about it. The traveling, canceling two vacations during this time. I'm going to have a week off in June that we're going to cancel because that would have been our annual staycation and doing all the things. And of course, we've been doing that because it's been nothing but a staycation (laughs) since we started the stay home order. So yeah, we've got a lot of things to work on and we're making plans. So the first thing of business in all of the and all of this is that we have got a dumpster and we're going through my mother-in-law's things that um, have been put in the storage unit and in our garage because we really can't afford to have a storage unit every month for $60 a month if it has nothing in there that's of value. And there really wasn't. We did go through things, um, found a few important things, you know, like her high school senior picture and a couple of books and, you know, but most everything else was just things that were important to her, but have no real sentimental value for everybody else. And let me give you an example of what it's like to live with a hoarder. Um, she didn't live in my house, but we've had to live with the, um, fallout of it sometimes. And so when I say we're getting a dumpster and throwing things away, you know, it's right now we can't do a lot of upcycling, recycling. Um, we can't donate things, but there wasn't much to donate. I mean, it's things like we opened up a box and it was filled with bills from 1980. There was a wallet in that from 1980 filled with scratched off lottery tickets that were losers. Darn it. I was hoping there was a big winner. Um, a grocery list, receipts from the meat market that she went to in 1980. Now, it was a interesting trip down memory lane to look at all of that, but it went in the dumpster. There's no reason to keep bills from 1980 for her. So those are the things that we're going through. There's a lot of stuff like that. In fact, we filled one dumpster, and my, my husband wasn't thinking. He ordered the dumpster for last weekend. And he went through his mom's stuff on Mother's Day weekend. I felt so bad. And he Friday he realized he had done that. And he goes, that really wasn't a very good idea on my part. However, it was very difficult. And we had a lot of nostalgia and a few tears. But the first dumpster is full and gone. Yeah, we have to get another one. We need to get another dumpster. We'll finish up the storage unit. We'll be able to close that down so we're not paying for it anymore. And then the good news is there should be stuff left over, uh, room in that dumpster to go through some of the stuff that we need to get rid of. Um, Just 
just same thing. We've got junk in the basement that has been accumulating there, stuff that was there when we moved in that doesn't need to stay. So all this kind of big stuff is going in the dumpster. And when it's filled, it's filled. And then I'll start going through the closets and different things over the summer, kind of doing my Gretchen Rubin's uh, inspired outer order, inner calm. <laughs> if you haven't read any of her books, she did write a book with that title. It's kind of a premise. I'm really still a fan, the biggest fan of the her book called The Happiness Project. And it's been very, very helpful in getting your house organized for a reason. But Happiness Project has a lot of different things in there about doing things for yourself in self-care. So I'm kind of going back to that and re-going through the principles of the book and applying it to now. So that was a really rough thing to do, but that's also the plan for the summer. And then as we're doing all of this, we have two neighbors and our property is in the city. So we have neighbors on three sides, you know, each side of the house and in the back. In the back is a parking lot for the private school. It's kind of great. You only have cars there during the school year. But a few years ago, a terrible storm went through. It was almost classified as a tornado and our house on the perimeter of the property line, which bleeds over into the property line of our neighbors, were these 100-year-old swamp cedars that somebody planted, yes, 100 years ago. Because I knew the lady who grew up in this house. Um, she died in her 90s, and she lived next door. And those trees were mangled in the storm. And we didn't have any money to have an arborist come we had a chainsaw, we took down the ones we could, but really and truly, most of the mess, most of those trees were not on our property. So this last fall, the, the maintenance, yard landscaping maintenance guy for the whole um, um, private school and church realized that mess was actually theirs. And they did a big cleanup on it. Then they realized this, those trees were not safe. They were leaning and leaning over the parking lot, taking up spaces in the parking lot. People who do their snow in the wintertime with front end loaders and dump trucks couldn't do the, any snow removal without damaging those trees and having them fall. They were dangerously unsafe. Well, they're not there anymore. All of the sticks and the, the branches and the trees falling over except for one that's clearly on our side of the property. And we will probably have to remove that cedar. Um, we'll see how anchored the roots are. But it, the ones around it were cut down, so it may very well need to safely be removed. So I was pretty excited that that property line was cleared up. It was a mess. It, was, it, it just had... We'd stacked big pieces of wood. We'd got rid of as much as we could. We didn't have money to get a, you know, a removal system because you can't put wood in a dumpster. You have to have different um, type of removal. And it wasn't ours anyway. So it was one of those things. You try to be a good neighbor and yet it bit us in the butt because everybody thought that that was our property. And it really wasn't. We were just picking up sticks and broken branches and trying to keep it from hurting people and got our yard cleaned up. 
So all that to say, it's cleared. It's wide open. They put stakes in like they were going to put a wire fence, like a chicken wire one, not a chain link fence. But they realize they don't want a fence there because they can't remove snow. And the way the city writes rules, um, the fence would be too close to the edge of their parking lot. So now the backyard is extremely exposed to everybody because all those trees are gone. So everybody on the property line um, can see into our backyard. And my neighbor on the other side he went through with a chainsaw and he hates the trees. And so he's been limbing them, which is fine that you can do that. I like the trees, but their branches are in the roofs of the house, his house and our house. So he's taken off, you know, limbs and he's removed a couple of shrubs and um, little trees that saplings just started growing up. So he removed them. So the backyard is really exposed for the entire block very exposed. I am happy that the neighbor behind him has a big fence, a privacy fence around his yard because of his dogs. And the neighbor next to me, I have two neighbors that lean up against my property on the other side. And there's a tiny privacy fence that did not get damaged in the storm. And yeah, my whole front yard and backyard feels, I feel like I'm living in a goldfish bowl all of a sudden because all of the trees are gone. Everyone's saying, well, put in a fence. No, because not, not the way we get snow and it's too expensive and there's still stumps back there and all those roots. So all of that story to tell you of my feeling naked in the neighborhood. <laughs> we got a lot of work to do in that backyard where the fairy gardens are with my eccentric um, cottage style fantasy plantings. Um, but there's all those stumps. And I was thinking of putting fairy gardens in the stumps until the man came to our door and said he has somebody coming to pull all the stumps out. And if we wanted the stumps on our side of the property removed, because we had taken several trees down that were broken, that we didn't have to, we could go in on the cost, which is not very much money. So all the stumps are going to be gone. It's going to be clean. And I think I am going to see how my perennials go. Now, the good news is, remember, that parking lots only used during the school year. So I have some even privacy with the fact that no cars are usually parked there during the summer months when I would use the patio. That's the, the, the plus over the backyard. But I'm thinking about some taller perennials that'll grow here. And I think we're zone three. I think we're zone three. So I ha they have to be real hardy plants. And I have a few real tall plants. And I'm also going to let some milkweeds grow back there because I feel super bad that the butterflies and the birds and the bats and all of the animals and bugs lost a lot of trees for their habitat. So we'll have to, you know, remedy that with making um, a naturalistic. Then that's kind of my garden. My gardening is very natural, naturalistic as much as possible with the few plants. Believe it or not, we don't have too many we can pick from because it's still snowing in May and it'll probably still frost until June. Yes, I've had those kind of years. And I have to say it just all coincides with this whole COVID thing. And I have the perfect project. 
So we were looking at our fairy garden boxes were falling apart. They've been that way for 10 or 15 years. We're going to rebuild them with brick or some sort of uh, decorative landscaping um, stones. We are putting a bird bath in there and we ordered the bubbler to keep the water moving feature, which I really like. We're going to put some feeders up at the end of summer and that is going to be pretty exciting for me. Uh, you're officially old when you put bird feeders up. I don't know. I feel like that. And um, the planting will be assessed over the course of the summer and it's going to be a year long probably into next year, work in progress, which I like these long-term projects. And the side of the house around from porch to porch, we have um, decking um, to get into the house is just a very minimal um, planting with sedum and yucca plants. And my husband wanted a minimalist garden around the foundation of the house because we need to do some work with painting the foundation in the next year or so. And also, we need to fix some of the ground. Um, <clears throat> when we had the house re-roofed, they had to drive up into those flower beds. And um, the truck is so big, it's put ruts and sank holes into the yard. So we got to fix that. And I have some, I have rose bushes. One at the very far end of the deck in the front and one at the very back end of the deck. Because it kind of is a the perimeter of the house in the front. So sedum cedar and a couple rose bushes yeah kind of not my flavor exactly but it's my husband's and we have reason for that but it really looks nice over the course of the summer it gets full sun it faces south it gets really warm and we put fresh mulch it smells wonderful so that's one of the projects that's going to take us all summer the decluttering and organizing and going through things, that's going to be probably, you know, a forever ongoing project. But at the same time, I'm getting another dumpster, which is, you know, you're an adult when that is exciting to you. A middle-aged adult. Dumpsters excite you because it becomes very much like one of my friends and I were talking like a game to fill it. It can become addicting, kind of like garage sales if you ever have one. I don't because it's more trouble than it's worth. Um and you just get addicted to getting rid of things and selling it and filling that dumpster. Believe me, it will be filled very quickly. Um, so those are some of the things I'm doing to structure up my time this summer. And I'm going to continue to work on um, improving my skills for my YouTube channel. I'm loving making the videos and learning how to edit them. That is a big learning curve. I'm getting there. I've done a few vlog style um, videos and I, I think it's going to be more of vlog versus a how-to with lots of camera angles because I'm, I'm not that savvy yet. And uh, it's super fun and it's always a challenge to try to find good lighting in Michigan. <laughs> so I need to improve the lighting situation and I haven't quite found exactly what I'm looking for. And you know, it's not easy to buy all that stuff even on the internet right now, like a camera I have one. It's a good thing because I understand some people are having trouble finding camera and camera equipment. Um, so that's that's another project to work on over the summer is to work on my YouTube vlogging. I still do Saturday morning coffee every Saturday on my blog on the website. And that's been fun. 
and I haven't been as inspired to write um, creatively just because of uh, all of the things going on and the pressures from work. But, you know, that may come back too. I still have to write the second half of my little um, story that I started for the patrons. And I got halfway through that, you know, it's like the first half is done. Now I just have to wait for being inspired to do the second half. And that's another thing I just wanted to kind of end the podcast on is really when I have the high motivation to do something, um, I do it right then. You know, I try not to do it during the workday, obviously, if I'm supposed to be working because I'm working from home. But when you have the, the inspiration and the motivation, especially during times of self-isolation um, for us, is going to go on for the rest of this month. And there may be a little bit of opening up over the course of the summer, but I don't think I'm going to do a bunch of engaging in a lot of that right away. And that means when you have the idea of how to put together that Dear Jane block, you take a few minutes and you do it. When you feel the motivation to go ahead and throw some loads of laundry in, I go ahead and do it. I try to have my routine set up as much as possible, but my routine is disrupted. I mean, I still get up every day, shower, makeup, get dressed, put on clothes, sometimes work clothes, um, sometimes not. But it's like, you know, wow, I feel really motivated to go outside right now and pick up sticks in the yard. I go do it. Uh, you know, that's just something I've learned over the years and especially now during times of this pandemic is that I don't have the brain space to always schedule it in you know like I'm going to sew right now I'm going to do the long arming right now but when I feel the urge to do it and I feel the mental motivation a lot of it's mental and physical is a little bit then I go do it and spend 15-20 minutes and sometimes I even work my work breaks around those moments of being inspired. Um, write it down, get a piece of paper, draw it out, make plans. Um, I have my work computer in one space and my uh, EQ8 pulled up on another. And every once in a while, you just got to jot it down. That's been my way of getting through all of this. I'm not getting mountains of new things done. But I have to say, when I look back over the course I re since last podcast, I did three Dear Jane blocks, which I'm like, I didn't think I had done more than one or two. It all adds up. Same with the little bits at a time of, you know, going through things and cleaning. I really like doing a little bit at a time every day versus the marathon sessions on Saturday, which makes me get all mad because you spend so much of your weekend cleaning and doing laundry, trying to get into good habits that I can continue on with in the time after the COVID self-isolation. So that's just a, something I have come up with as an insight into my own brain over the last couple of weeks. And I also decided to go back to simpler times and doing something simpler. So I took back my Instagram feed and I've been doing the Fat Mom Slim's photo a day challenge. It's an ISO challenge and we're up to day 13 which I haven't done the photo for, which today's prompt is two things. It's been really, really cool because 
the feed has a prompt. It's a challenge for me to go through photos or take photos of cool things like a view from a window, a drink, dreaming of, you know, snack, I miss, self-care. All of these things have been so much fun. Way better than me trying to do anything on my own, on my Instagram feed. And that's why I started Instagram was because of that. And it's been fun. So keeping things simple. Yeah, it's been great. So into the next week, what am I going to work on? I have a t-shirt quote that I need to finish up for a customer. I'm almost, I have the top almost pieced. Finish that up. I am figuring out ways to creatively do my hair so it's not in my face. I'm tying it back with headbands or using clips. <laughs> I want to keep working on the Dear Jane and work on the steady progress of getting the house decluttered and cleaned up and next week it's supposed to be in the 60s maybe 70 and continue my mile a day walking and doing the isometrics and continue my goal which was all the way back in January of a year of self-care and I this is the perfect time I don't have any excuses to keep going forward and not take care of myself and not try to find ways to make this time be mentally productive. It doesn't need to be so productive that you're burnt out because I don't have the mental space for that. But doing a couple of things that I'm very proud of and the quilts I've worked on, even though they're slow and methodically done, I love them. They turned out great. My junk journal, I had, I've done a page or two in that too. I didn't mention that. That's fun. Just using upcycled things in my house. And the summer is going to be all about getting outside in my little garden and creating a little fairy world and having it all be pretty for me. It's not going to be a secret garden anymore. And it's going to shift to more of a open space. And... I think that's pretty, pretty cool because that's actually kind of like symbolic of my life, right? Going from a very private place to being public, more public and having everything grow and improve like, like a fine garden. My birthday's coming up. I've been thinking a lot about life, right? That's what happens when you're in your fifties and I just want to say, it's going to be weird birthday. It's going to be different and in isolation, but I am celebrating. It's not till the end of the month. Taking the whole month and just celebrating it. Celebrating the family, all of the things we've done. My husband and I have been married for a long time, and it's been awesome. It really, really has. So we are well. We're hanging in there. We're doing home stuff because today it quit snowing and hopefully, hopefully we'll jump right from spring into summer. Everybody have a most wonderful week. I will most likely be back with a podcast in a week or so. All is well and you have a most wonderful week. Be creative, be safe and quilt on everyone.